0: We are officially recording another episode of RC... Oh, well, What? Our what? I almost said RCF. What the hell is RCF? I don't
1: know. Come on. You've only been on lockdown for how many hours and you're already losing it?
0: I've only been on lockdown for 20 minutes and I'm already going crazy.
1: Can't even talk, guys.
0: The amazing thing about being an introvert is honestly, this probably won't have much effect on my actual life. (laughs) And also... (laughs) Sorry to all my friends, but it's going to give me a really good excuse to be like, sorry, I can't go out, coronavirus. <laughs> it's so messed up.
1: You're all infected.
0: I might I might get you sick. Bye. Anyways,
1: pretty soon I'm going to get like Rick Grimes is going to be telling us oh, you're all God. infected. You're all infected, Carl.
0: Reality shift frequency It's so crazy. l a It is uh, March nineteenth l a just went on a uh, mandatory lockdown for four weeks, not two, not three. a whole freaking month.
1: It I hate that word. It's mandatory.
0: Well, no. Did I say mandatory? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. They ordered a stay-in-place directive where we can only leave for essential purposes, meaning the grocery store, doctor, you know, those things. Technically, they can't force us to stay inside because there's no martial law that has been engaged. Um... I don't really have any need or desire to really go outside, anyways, but I don't want to get into all of that BS right now. So, yeah. Yay, LA, for the next four weeks. Have fun. You know, maybe,
1: have maybe, fun, all yes. you
0: extroverts co- coping inside. Good luck. Maybe
1: use this time to learn a little bit about yourselves. <laughs>
0: maybe use this time to listen to our podcast and start your spiritual and emotional journey of growth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god.
1: Speaking of which, welcome to Reality Shift Frequency. I'm Jeremiah, your host, and our other host is Kelly Ray with us.
0: What's up, guys? How you doing? (laughs) Everybody's on lockdown, so I already know how everybody's doing.
1: Yeah, hopefully everyone's not panicking and freaking out. Hopefully everybody's having a good time.
0: Yeah. Enjoy the time with your family. Recreate, you know, start restart your hobbies. Learn how to can foods. I don't know, paint.
1: Man, I remember one like, time we had, huge, I
0: don't
1: know. we had this huge winter storm, you know. We didn't need the government to tell us to stay inside, tell us to stock up, <laughs> well, tell us to buy hand sanitizer it. and toilet paper. We survived. I think I was like, I don't know, 13 years old. It was bad, I remember. We had little propane tanks and diesels, and or not diesels, but uh, <laughs> not propane, but um, kerosene. We had those right. too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, stocks of that. And it was interesting time. All the neighbors got out together and shared what food they had. We were running now. Nobody let each other starve. It was nice. And yeah, uh, and
0: grocery stores and everything will still be open. Like the people um, that have already ordered yeah. all the toilet paper and food and didn't leave anything for anybody else, as I mentioned in one of our other episodes, are assholes. Huh. And they were taken over by the fear and panic and uh, lost all rational thought. But welcome to America, guys. America.
1: Yep. We America are 2020. Consume, consume. consume, consume.
0: <laughs> Any hoots, as uh, one of my very dear friends would say, um, welcome to another episode of Reality Ship Frequency, guys. We're so excited to have you back and to be doing this again. And we are going to go on a fun little journey today, and I'm very, very excited because this episode, I didn't have to research anything because Jeremiah <laughs> had to put in all the work because he is going to tell us about one or two revolutionary.
1: Uh, I think I'm just going to talk about uh, Lieutenant. Yeah, Lieutenant Aaron. I think it's how you pronounce it, Lieutenant Aaron it? Watada. E H R E N, and his last name is W A T A D A. And think, I'm pretty sure it's former lieutenant. Yeah, I think so. Former lieutenant by now, I'm sure. He was. He refused to deploy to the Iraqi war. Ooh, I'm excited
0: yeah. to hear this. So just so you can know, guys, I don't know anything about this person. Jeremiah hasn't shared any of his notes with me. So I'm uh, hearing this for the first time, as are you.
1: Yeah, he's still alive as far as I know. And he's still facing jail time. Like, they're still trying to throw him in jail. Of course. But uh, we'll skip forward to he I think they tried to get him with the same thing twice. The double jeopardy kicked in mm-hmm. from my research mm-hmm. and he, mm-hmm. he he didn't get court martialed. But they're trying to court martial him for other things. I'm pretty sure is what's going on with it. But this was a long time ago when all the Iraqis, you know, war started. Uh let's see. All
0: right. So are we starting? Are you taking this away? Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it.
1: Yeah, uh I just I really just watched a couple of his speeches because As far as I know, he's really just going through the courts and just kind of trying to make the public aware of what's going on with our government. And uh, as much as I want to say he's a revolutionary, you know that I'm going to kind of bring this in a different light and bring this in a different way because I agree with a lot of the stuff he says and I understand it, but the fundamental aspects of it isn't going to get us anywhere such as uh one of the things he does say that i agree with is that if all the military soldiers that are fighting would just put their arms down and not fight these wars they wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things he wants everybody to realize if there's any uh military people listening to it because he says no one knows the devastation and suffering of war better than the veterans which is why we should be the first to prevent it
0: and i agree with
1: that because If you see that kind of devastation and destruction firsthand, why would you want to continue it? You know, he makes a lot of good points about how people... Soldiers are not mercenaries for hire. They're not people that you just... They're not
0: supposed to be anyways.
1: No, they're not. Um, They take the exact same oath that our politicians take, the oath to the Constitution. And while I also agree with that and... It's just more nationalism and we can't, we're past that point. That nationalism, I don't think can fix anything. Um try, trying to say that we're um, a democracy and freedom and all this. We've been saying that stuff for years and all these, these ideas of borders, we need to let go of it all. And I think that's where these speeches need to start taking direction. And directive because one of the other things he says that i agree with also is a powerful standing army that does not have the opportunity to question and dissent threatens the existence of a democratic society so when he says that threatens the existence of a democratic society yeah. um i agree with this but There is already a powerful standing army that doesn't have the power or the opportunity to question dissent and his case is proof of this because he's still trying not to go to jail over not going and deploying to Iraq. When he proved that the war was illegal and the Iraqi war has been proven illegal by many nations and it's unreal that Even our military doesn't have the freedom of speech to say what they want and what's on their mind and to look at their leaders and say, no, this is immoral, this is wrong, this is against what I signed up for. So one of the other things he quotes is, I swear no loyalty to any commander-in-chief but to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Right. So I agree with that also, but you and I also know about natural law which is what Mm -hmm. the constitution is based off of so i agree with that too so he swears no loyalty to any commander chief. with
0: with a few exceptions there but yeah
1: yeah the principles behind it is really what you're swearing loyalty to when you're swearing loyalty you're swearing loyalty to uphold other people's lives above yours as at least as equal value sure because that's what you're trying to protect. But he also offered them, he said, look, I'm not going to go to Iraq, but I'll go to Afghanistan because I believe that we have a legitimate reason to go there for a war. So if you want to deploy me to Iraq, I'll help. But, Or I mean Afghanistan. If you want to deploy me to Afghanistan, I'll help, but I'm not going to Iraq. And so 600,000 dead Iraqis, and I think there was like a 500,000 dead baby Iraqis, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was awful the numbers that's been going on the death tolls over there. And like I guess in this speech, he said there was three thousand Americans that are, you know, either dead, and more that are maimed for the rest of their lives over these legal wars. So really, I would like to share his message and say that put down your weapons. It's it's time for us to stop killing ourselves and each other over bankers. Wars, because that's what they all are. There,
0: yeah, it's they, war for profit, for it's short. War for profit. Let me stop you there for just a quick sec, Jay. So, can you give us a little? Do you have any background information on this guy? Like,
1: yeah. who is
0: he? Where is he from? Like, what's his status? In, like, he
1: was born in Hawaii. Some background. All right. He was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. He was born in 1978, and he's about 41 or 42 now. And this is according to Wikipedia. He was a first lieutenant. He's got the Army Commendation Medal Award, National Defense Service Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, Overseas Service Ribbon, and the Army Service Ribbon That's all he's earned. His father served 10 years as executive director of Hawaii's Campaign Spending Commission and himself refused to serve in the Vietnam War.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay. So he was taking an example from his father. Mm
1: -hmm. Robert Watata and Carolyn Ho are his parents. Okay. Uh, He attended Ponhao School, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, then transferred in his sophomore year to Kalani High School, where he played cornerback of the varsity football team. He was an Eagle Scout, Watata graduated from Hawaii Pacific University, magna cum laude, I guess is how you say that, in 2003 with a BA in finance. So he joined the Army after the war in Iraq had begun, stating that he was motivated out of a desire to protect our country after September 11 attacks. He was commissioned by the Army's Officer Candidate School on November 20th, 2003, at Fort a Benning, what? Georgia.
0: Cannabis School?
1: Candidate.
0: Oh, I was like, what?
1: Fort Benning, Georgia, as a second lieutenant of field artillery, one month after Security Council Resolution 1511, I guess from the UN, authorized a multinational force in Iraq. Watada served one year in South Korea and was subsequently reassigned to Fort Lewis, Washington. So soon after reporting to Fort Lewis, he discovered that his unit would be deployed to Iraq, so in support of ongoing operations there. In preparation to deploy, he began conducting research on the country, its culture, and the reasons for the U.S. involvement in Iraq. Watada stated that after reading several books and articles about the history of Iraq, international law, and the evidence used to justify the war, and speaking with veterans returning from Iraq, he ceased to believe in its its legality and justification. So in January 2006, he attempted to resign. In his letter, he asserted that he was wholeheartedly opposed to the continued war in Iraq, citing what he believed to be lawlessness and dishonesty in its justification. He came to the conclusion, after doing his own personal research, including reading books by Seymour Hersh and James Bamford, as well as learning about the Downing Street Memo, a British government document that stated the war in Iraq was Inevitable, and the intelligence and facts were being fixed around the policy of war, Matata also asserted in discussions with other soldiers that he and his fellow servicemen were complicit in war crimes. Matata stated that he was not a conscientious objector because he was not opposed to all wars as a matter of principle, and he stated that he had offered to serve in Afghanistan, which I already mentioned, but... Um I do want to clarify also I I remember him saying in one of his speeches that he also respects other people's opinions especially those who oppose all wars and he understands it but he he's you know a soldier at heart I guess I can say and if there's a threat to the country he'd like to take care of it <laughs> a real threat you know mm-hmm. but I would like to see humanity go beyond borders because honestly if you think about it I probably shouldn't say this because we want to focus on uh, Aaron Watada here. So never mind. In response to, no, Watata,
0: say it, please say it, say it.
1: I mean, you know, you think about it. There, it, it just feels like you know we got America here, and we're all controlled by all these intelligence agency, British, Israel, Iran, Iraq. They all got them, and it just feels like they're we talked about it in our time travel episode it feels like our reality has been fabricated like these countries really aren't countries and it, the cultures that we grew up in really aren't cultures it's not really who we are it's not all who we are i mean there's we can all relate to each other's cultures we can all learn from each other's cultures but all that is just a fabrication to keep us divided so that these you know scumbags you know we're not going to call them that other word anymore
0: yeah, so Jay and I had this conversation off air yesterday um, that we're no longer going to call the quote elites elites. They are now scumbags because we don't think that we should give them the honor of that word. Just separate. right?
1: So there's so if they really are doing all this time travel stuff, and they're and they're obviously making all these illegal wars, and they're using super
0: this, illegal wars, by the way. Yeah,
1: and it's all provable. Like these people, that this guy, who's apparently he's not a whistleblower, he just a guy who refused to serve in an illegal war and is trying to show Americans that we need to be, he's like, look, there's 300 million of us. And, and I've gotten support from some of you, but there's soldiers out there that are trying to tell people more things and they need a to know. that you. There's a
0: huh? few, there's a few soldiers well, out there trying to do that.
1: They want to know that they have the American people's support. <laughs> Cause if they're going to put down their weapons and face jail time and face you know everything they have to face they want to know that the that they're going to have the full support of the people behind them
0: but that's just it unfortunately i don't think at this point in time that the american populace specifically i can't i can't talk for other countries in the world because i am not a citizen and don't live there but in the states people i mean as you know jay we we as an aggregate have been brainwashed for decades and decades to yes, support the military, but also not question the military. And of course, whatever they're doing must be for our our benefit and they must be defending our rights. So whenever you have a soldier or a person in military personnel that says, no, this is bullshit, this is not right, this is not okay, and I'm not doing it, then how does the American population perceive that? They perceive that as him or her being a traitor. Because they're not out there on the front lines fighting for our freedoms. right? Which is, I know, a little off subject, but...
1: No, you're right. They not, don't understand like, they don't have the proper information. He's not going to
0: get that support as a whole in this moment in time because not pe- enough people have woken up to the fact that look, there's a difference between defending yourself or others around you because of an actual viable threat that somebody is actively trying to harm you and... A difference between that and manufacturing a war for greed and for profits, which is primarily what is happening, and not just with the states, but with many other countries, and has been happening for many, 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 many decades. So,
1: yeah, this is a problem around the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With
1: everybody's military.
0: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interject in the middle of your. No,
1: you're all right. It's it's because the people don't have the proper information. If they, they don't. Knew that. You they
0: but they also they, don't want the proper information. They don't want to believe that what they've been told is been a inaccurate information right times.
1: Actually, I cognitive one of,
0: dissonance.
1: In one of Aaron's, yeah, in one of Aaron's speeches, he mentioned that how hard it is to realize that your people that you supposedly take the same oath as you and want to provide the same service, right? That's what you sign sure. up for to provide a service. Sure. Not to... You, you want to serve people. That's the, probably the highest definition of love and action right there, I think. is.
0: I do a... agree with that.
1: Anyways. Uh,
0: the selflessness of yourself, putting yourself yeah. in harm's way or... The
1: soldier experience and putting himself like that and using that kind of sacrifice in his life and realizing that he did it for other reasons or that he did it for nefarious reasons or worse, or was forced to do nefarious things himself. And keep it exactly. a secret, not talk about it. Come back with all this PST, P- PTSD. These people don't take the time to actually talk to the veterans and what's going on and what's actually they, happening. And, they don't.
0: And, you know, I was on just a, a very short sidetrack. I was on Facebook either yesterday or today, and I was in one of my wake-up, quote-unquote, wake-up groups. And, um somebody said something about all this COVID ID stuff that's going on. And they were like, well, is martial law happening? And I said, you know, I have it on good authority from somebody that I very much trust, you know, that at least in California, we're not anywhere near that point. Um, And uh, this woman said, my, I, what I don't understand is why anybody that was in the national guard would go along with doing something like that. And I said, well, because, and apologies to any military personnel out there, but, and families. But I said, well, because they're brainwashed to do it and not ask questions. This is your order. Take it and do it. And she had a very interesting response. And she said that her husband had been in the military and was now in the guard and that uh, he and many other people that they know, they absolutely have the legal right to decline an order if they know it is unlawful. And my response was, that is fantastic huh. if they do that. But unfortunately, yeah. I believe that they are the exception.
1: It comes down to the individual because, according to this, Lieutenant Aaron Watada didn't get as lucky. Because in response to Watada's refusal to deploy, the Army initially preferred seven specifications of various offenses under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. That all sounds horrible. After the initial preferral, all three specifications, all but three specifications were dropped. So there was five left, I guess four left Mm -hmm. two specifications conduct unbecoming an officer and a gentleman one specification missing movement for not deploying this is a quote from aaron i believe when you are looking your children in the eye in the future or when you are at the end of your life you want to look back on your life and know that at a very important moment when i had the opportunity to make the right decisions i did so even knowing there were negative consequences
0: Mm-hmm. Negative consequences for himself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, he wants to clarify that it's worth it. And he wants to emphasize that if he does face jail time over all this, and, you know, all those people that lost their lives over all these lies, is worth it if the American people wake up, and if the soldiers put down their weapons and don't fight any more of these unjust wars. And to do that, we'd have to stop paying taxes. We'd have to do all kinds of things. And that's where we need to be. And that's how you fuel this system. That's how we fuel this system. And we just need to let go of the fear. Because there are people out there within these constructs, these fabricated realities, uh, such as the military, like Aaron Matata. And I could mention a few more, but I won't. I'll wait till later. And... Um, they just do so much to to open our eyes, and we waste it. We truly just waste it because he's still sitting there awaiting trial, I believe. So is he
0: is he currently detained, or is he at home and living his life and just waiting for trial? Yeah,
1: I think he's living and waiting and for trial. What
0: exactly is he brought up he's, on? What charges are is he brought up on?
1: Well, it went through double jeopardy. Like I said, he tried to get charged and they were like no like the courts were like you can't i mean soldiers should be able to do that like you said it's legal so them to be like no nah, you can't make us do this <laughs> but the fact is that they tried
0: but what charges is he awaiting trial for now do you know
1: so he was just discharged 2009 under other than honorable conditions Rallies were held at the gates of Fort Lewis during the court-martial. The Seattle Post-Intelligence reported that the first day drew more than a 1,000 supporters, including the actor Sean Penn. Among the organizations supporting Watada were the ACLU, Iraq Veterans Against the War, and Veterans for Peace. Yeah, that's where he made a, spe- a speech at, was at the Veterans for Peace conference. And Watada told reporters that almost every day, Someone from the military or the outside sends me some kind of correspondence or approaches me in person to render support to their respect. Carolyn Ho became an anti-Iraq war activist, funding a website to support him.
0: That was his mom?
1: hmm
0: And did you say he was honorably discharged?
1: No, other than honorable discharge, I think is what I said. Other than honorable conditions, discharge. Okay. Okay. It's the it's least favorable so just, type of administrative yeah. discharge. Interesting. I don't think that he's facing anything now. He was discharged in two thousand nine. He's not the only one who's refused to deploy, and who's and who's protested this war.
0: Hmm. So what is what's happening with Aaron now? Do we know or what the latest thing that happened with him or what's What's that? What's happening?
1: So, Hawaii News Now, there's an article from February 8th, 2007. It says it's updated July 1st, uh, 2019. But the judge declared a mistrial, says he might have to, uh, because there was some f- confusion about some facts about what what Tata meant, uh, he might have to get a trial again. But Eric Seitz was his lawyer, I suppose, or his uh, attorney. And he says, in this case, it's my professional opinion that Watata can't be tried again. So hopefully he's not tried again. Um, but I, that's all the news that I can find that I was able to dig up. I'm sure that if I had more time, I'd be able to dig up more. But the fact is, he's walking free for now. His family's okay. As far as I know, I didn't find any stories about nobody being suicided or anything like that. Which no, is yeah. Awesome. I
0: actually I actually did just a super quick search on his name while while you were talking just now, and it looks like, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. And then it looks like that in 2012, he became a part owner of uh, a burger restaurant in Las Vegas. I don't know if that's accurate, right, really. That's what it says
1: that's awesome. So, next I'm time go. I you go can't to shake this man's hand, where I,
0: at? Yeah, once I go to a bocce burger in Las Vegas, so that was 2012. Who knows if it's even still Bocci you know, B A C H I. Who knows? Yeah, restaurants, you know. It's yeah. It's so hard to keep those open. So I don't know if it's still in right, well, active or should, not. But
1: can't go there right now, probably.
0: Right, because the country's right. on lockdown. Yeah, you
1: know what? It's probably his damn fault. They're probably like Aaron Voltauto and burger. <laughs> Let's put them out of business.
0: <laughs> but um, <laughs> but right. But seriously, um, it's very interesting that he refused stick to go to the. Out. Say again.
1: I said we'll stick a virus out there. <laughs>
0: Right. Um, (laughs) It's interesting that he refused to go to the Iraq war because, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, um, Chelsea Manning, when she was a soldier um, actively serving, it was during that time and it was around 2007 or 2009, I believe, when all of the stuff started coming out and for everybody who doesn't know, Chelsea Manning, I absolutely am going to be doing an episode on her at some point. Um, or maybe a joint episode between Jeremiah and I, I don't know if he wants to do the research also, but I'm sure yeah. it's, it's I interesting like people. What's up.
1: I like researching these people. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah,
0: no. And she's really, uh, it's very interesting, but she's the one who released, I mean, tens of thousands of documents to WikiLeaks and was uh put in prison for a uh, violation of the Espionage Act. And um she recently, if I remember correctly, within the past month, I th- believe I read a headline that said that they were releasing her from prison. So I don't really know what that's all about. I haven't researched it fully, but if that yes. is true, I'm very happy about that because uh yeah, she was news. a big whistleblower and a big supporter of Julian Assange, Free Julian, and um, right. yeah, but anyways, very interesting and... Um,
1: I'm glad everything worked out for him.
0: For, you know. Ch- oh, for Aaron. For Aaron, yeah. Aaron yeah, yeah, for Aaron. It oh, sounds God. like that everything is kind of settled for him, and he hasn't really been put on any major, you know, he hasn't been put in prison, and he's...
1: No, I'm sure they're still doing things. I'm sure that website's probably still active. I'm sure they're still trying to motivate people in the American public to you know, support the troops while we try to motivate the public to think on a more conscious awareness higher level because fighting these wars and and these board I'm telling you it's all structured to keep us from getting the, that information from one another
0: <laughs> well, and it's not just to keep to keep us from getting the information from one another, but I think what at least in my personal opinion and based on my research and yada 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 um it is my full belief that one of the main reasons why we are continuously kept in perpetual war is strictly because it is uh, an easy way to keep people on edge to keep people full of fear to keep people yeah. divided now and again as i will state a million trillion times on this podcast the easiest people to control are those that are in fear, that are unhealthy, and that are unable to rationally think outside the box. And that's what we are constantly bombarded with. Yeah. And war is a big part of that. Aside from just the greed that they get from it, it's a big money. Brand, make-
1: new, and- brand new world is coronavirus.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, with that, too. I mean, that's a totally different type of war, in my opinion. But as far as like the actual, like, human sacrifices of war, I literally somebody asked me the other day, or well, not the other day, but within the past six months, somebody asked me something about war. And I just said, I don't support human sacrifice. And they really didn't know how to respond to that, because they hadn't really thought of it in that Regard. And that's essentially what it is. We're sending, we being the government, whatever country you're a part of, is sending these people out that are, uh, I don't want to, anyways, I don't want to go off on my soapbox and my tangent. I'm going to stop there.
1: It's fine. That's what the that's what Aaron wants us to say. That's what Aaron wants people to hear. He wants people to hear that these well, troops are like out for the wrong reasons. But
0: it sounds like yeah. he's a true patriot, and he was like, like you know, in the sense of quote unquote true in his eyes of like, I'll go to Afghanistan, but I won't go to Iraq. Whereas yeah. in my opinion, Afghanistan is just as messed up. Yeah. Um, for a whole other different lot of reasons, right. and that has but to not- do with eleven, and it's not blah 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 blah. Yeah. But it's what's really happening is that. You know, the military is a, um, a very, uh, industrial an oppressive, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously <laughs> we have the military industrial complex, which we will absolutely talk about, but they, I can't find the word that I'm looking for, but they, um, they're very manipulative. They're a very manipulative organization and I'm sorry to any families and, and military service people that are out there, but honestly, they are. They grab people when they're 17 and 18 and 19 years old when they don't have any idea what the hell they're doing. They tell them either you can go to jail or you can join or you don't have anything else to do. You didn't make enough, you didn't make good enough grades. Or they hype up this patriotism, patriotism, nationalism in their minds and get them all, you know, hoorah, I'm going to go fight for our country. But in the actuality, the higher ups and the scumbags that we talked about. This is just a way for them to send people to die. This is a way for them to send people to do their dirty work. This is a way for them to send people as human sacrifices to to fuel
1: their beliefs and fuel their intentions.
0: Yeah, thank fuel you. Fuel their yeah.
1: control over all of us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. To continue to use it. It's a dark that. energy
1: yeah. that they send into the earth yeah, to make them. our reality.
0: Yeah. They use it to feed points. off us. Of. They absolutely use it to feed off of, and it's a very sad and 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 a very really horrible thing. And again, not I'm not
1: about money. They don't need money. Yeah,
0: need... it's not. It's not. They
1: need the power. lives that are taken on the battlefields of their fabricated reality, man. Really?
0: Yeah, it's about perceived power. Um, and it's about absolutely fueling, like Jeremiah said, it's absolutely about fueling their need uh for anguish and death and depression because that's what they feed off of because they're evil freaking people and we will talk more about that in many other yeah. episodes. Yeah, there's
1: a, there's another there's another uh example I'd like to give. I don't know if now's a good time, but I'll like summarize can, it. I used to
0: we can I always to, edit it out.
1: Okay. <laughs> I used to play this game called White Wolf is the environment. Dark uh what was it the uh I can't remember the the dark something, but you could play a werewolf, you could play a vampire, you could play a mage like a magician, you could play like a ghost, you could play like all sorts of things, and you could travel okay. to all the different realms in the world, such as the shadow realm and the you know astral plane and all this but the basis of it was that there was a technocracy, and they're really magicians, they're really mages, and there was a technocracy that had you know. Secret control over all these organizations on the earth, and they were like magic was fueled in this game. Magic is fueled by the belief of people uh-huh. if people believe in magic like if enough people believe that I could like just reach my hand out and heal someone who was having a heart attack and make it stop I could, but through technology, the technocracy has brainwashed the matches to only believe that you can stop a heart attack with a little machine. It goes, Okay. So there's this conflict of these real mages that have all these different traditional beliefs. And, you know, like the witches with the big pots or the blood magic or the wordy sacrifices Mm -hmm. or whatever the hell they wanted to do, however they perceived their magic, and the technocracy would try to put a stop to that and try to make people not see it or believe it. That way they couldn't have the power. Anyways, summarizing, that's kind of what's going on in our world. We have this technocracy that has all this information and knows all this fundamental, primordial I know you don't know if I should use that word but like from the beginning of creation, power technology, they know this stuff and this esoteric knowledge and they keep it from us by brainwashing us into thinking that magic isn't real and it's just you know it's hopelessness, there's nothing there there's, you know, it's all random it's...
0: Magic is so real
1: (laughs) it is (laughs) it's so real and they use it against us but, anyways, I'm going yeah. off on a tangent there, but
0: we digress.
1: Yeah, there it's it's pretty interesting comparison to think about because it's kind of what we have going on here, and we have all these other people. Even then, they, <laughs> even have like the other scientists that like believe in their type of magic. They're like, oh yeah, technology is magic, and they're like trying to figure out all the stuff that they know. But they can't figure it out like they do it because they keep a secret from them, too. And they're trying to be like them, but they're like, nah. You know? <laughs> it's like the physicists we were discussing about in one of our other episodes. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Watada should be mentioned about, and I should mention Mary Ann Wright. I'll just mention her name. She's a retired United States Army colonel and retired United States State, U.S. State Department official known for her outspoken opposition to the Iraq War. She received the State Department award for heroism in 1997 after helping to evacuate several thousand people during the civil war in Sierra Leone. She is most noted for having been one of three State Department officials to publicly resign in direct protest to the 2003 invasion of, invasion of Iraq. Wright was also a passenger on the Challenger One, and she's been actively protesting and getting arrested over and over and over again. Like she's like she, I guess she has like these. Uh, you know how you get the wristbands or whatever when you're arrested? She keeps them. They're like her little trophies. She's been arrested so many times. Like the but zip like...
0: ties that they put them
1: in? <laughs> no, like...
0: Like when they don't have the handcuffs?
1: Like, I guess maybe where they do it... I guess she's close to Washington, maybe. Or, like a,
0: or is it like a hospital-like wristband? A
1: hospital wristband, maybe. Like Oh, ID... that they
0: put on for their intake so that they know who the, yeah. the inmates yeah, like, are. Yeah, inmate- okay, okay, that blah, makes blah, sense. Blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes
1: sense. She keeps all those... But so there's a lot of people who know that this war is illegal. They know we need more and more people to wake up and just have to understand this is real. These governments around the world are occupied by something else. If it's not foreign, (laughs) what is it? Possibly alien. Who knows? But they're controlled by something else. And we're all catching on to it too late. But we still have a chance. And... We just need to keep going.
0: We still have a chance. And I think what really needs to happen, and which is something that's very, very frustrating to me, because I have friends that have served in the military. I hold them very dear and near to my heart as people and as friends. And I can disagree with them as far as their views on that um, all day long. And at the end of the day, they're still human. And what I really think needs to happen is that People need to take a step back and they need to research and they need to attempt to try to get out of their bubble in this very intense finality that they have, that the way something is, no, this is how it is, how it is. And you can't change my mind about it. Well, hold hold on. I, I get that. There are certain things that I'm like that on, you know pedophilia, rape. Yeah. You're a fucking asshole. And I don't give a shit what you say. You're never going to change my mind on that. However, there's other things that come up and it's like, if everybody would just literally take a beat, step back, give themselves an opportunity to expand their mind. And I'm not saying you have to agree with what you research, but at least research it. Because That's how I started when I started all of this truther stuff, if you want to call it that. I really don't like to call myself a truther, but if that's probably what I'm going to end up being labeled as. That's where all of my stuff started out. There was some things that I was just like, I was super like the cognitive dissonance for me was super deep on a lot of things. And once I researched enough stuff and I started putting together the dots, whether it was about war, whether it was about human trafficking or a myriad of other topics that we will get into on this podcast at some point you have to be able to say, you know what? Maybe I was fucking wrong. Maybe I really don't know what the hell is going on. Maybe I really have been lied to. Maybe I really just don't fully comprehend what the hell all the backroom deals are that has happened. And I am by no means saying I am an expert and that I know every single thing that has happened because there's no way for anybody to know that ever. But there comes a point where you literally, the light bulb goes off and you're just like, oh, shit, I have been super ignorant this whole time. And I think that that's what the biggest problem is, is that people don't want to admit that they've been ignorant about certain things. Just because you're ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb. Ignorance is not the same as being low intelligence. Ignorance is literally just meaning you don't know what you don't know. But also... Once you know it, you can't disregard it. You have to say, okay, I may not agree with it, but I have to give this some sort of credence.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's what a lot of people, they
0: don't want to admit that. And they don't, what'd you say?
1: If you're just an I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. They don't because I know I know quite a few very intelligent people that are just really ignorant about certain things. And it just blows my mind because I'm just like, oh, my God, what is going on? And I think also people just don't want to admit, as we have talked about many times before, people just don't want to admit that they've been duped their entire lives by. Well, governments.
1: You, yeah, it's it's easy to be duped. And when you really, I guess. Maybe, I have still have one. I was Disney.
0: duped for a very yeah. long time guys. I'm not like all up on my high horse by the way.
1: Right, me too. I was just getting ready to tell a story about that. My I have someone close to me that went through boot camp and I supported her and we went to visit her when she graduated and uh on the base they had all this stuff for sale. It was just like any other place, but they had all this propaganda. When you get when you open your eyes and you look deep at all the stuff, you really know what it is. And I was young when this was going on this is after september 11th and i had this shirt that she bought me and it had a picture of like saddam hussein looking guy with a long beard and a turban and he had a target on his head and no! al-qaeda hunter on it and i would spend hours just looking at that shirt thinking you know
0: that's horrible
1: Part of me was like, "Geez, considering these people, the U.S.
0: started Al Qaeda, but okay. I, just,
1: I just want to kill all these people. I can't believe they did that to my country because I was just like a kid. I've seen this happen, brainwashed to thinking that these people did this, and I wanted to fucking sign up and go, man. I ain't gonna lie, I wanted to go.
0: I'm not gonna lie either. There was a time where I thought about joining the military not too long after high school and college, and that was before 9/11." hmm. Like I, yeah. I even thought about joining the Texas Guard, the Texas State Guard, which is, you know, like the National Guard only by state back after I graduated college. I even thought about that. I can't even like I'm not. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like I'm not all up on my whole ho- high horse. I was right, right there. But with.
1: As, but as I stared at it and contemplated it over the years and seen the things that happened, I realized that that shirt is just reinforcing behavior. To cause us to go and sacrifice ourselves into the dark, ritualistic offerings to feed the earth, or the, the realm of earth, into a more sadistic and dark place. Sure. For for other people to for other people. fall into. more for the like. scumbags. Yeah, for the scumbags too, right. I guess they do garnish their power from it, like you said.
0: Yeah, it's it's I essentially, they're the ones that are fueling that darkness. And don't get me wrong like I'm all about like balance like you can't have light without dark like that's just the way it is that is the way the universe works like you cannot have a utopia where everybody runs around happy all the time like that's just not how it works you have to have the balance the yin and yang but hopefully we can start trying to defuel the negative and the evil and, and
1: decentralize it There you go. The
0: fucking (laughs) scandalous, diabolical shit that these scumbags are essentially forcing on us all the time. How did we get this far off topic?
1: Well, because it always leads to that, because this is what happened. I mean, you can't go into anything without going, it leads you right back into the Central (laughs) Intelligence Agency, man. Everything we're going to talk about. I know. I know man. all the intelligence agencies are all always involved in all of these things that happen. Yeah. Do I you agree. think it was? Do you think it was normal majors, officers, whatever people going? Okay, Aaron Watada, we're going to charge you with this, this. This no, it was the fucking CIA and shit like that. It was them who was doing it. Probably I wouldn't consider a serious. I mean, these people are. People who who commit serious war crimes, such as in Aaron Watada's speeches, he mentioned the war crimes that they commit is like uh, torture. And we know they've been doing that. That's a war crime And, and crimes against peace. There's international laws. And, you know, so that's another thing. There's already a one world government. The United Nations already has all these rules and allow certain borders and certain fabricated structures of segregation of land <laughs> to do certain things and are capable of this and that and blind us with the culture that we grew up with. Like, who's, who's to tell, like, really, like, if we were allowed to think exactly how we want to think without any kind of propaganda or direction in our thoughts and guidance throughout our lives, who's to think what this world would really be like if we were left to our creativity and our awareness without any of that other stuff, the swear no loyalty to any commander in chief, but to the constitution I've swear no loyalty to any commander in chief, but to ourselves, to, to, to be true to ourselves.
0: Can you imagine how much more light this literally like, as in feather lights, this world would feel if that was the case, if we, focused on the creative aspect and the emotional and the spiritual rising up and all of that, like it would be, you know, it would, it would be amazing.
1: It would be an incredible place. It really would be. And we wouldn't need people like Aaron Watata to put his life on the line and to hope that other people are doing it and to beg 300 million powerful people
0: (laughs) to stand behind (laughs) him,
1: to stand behind others and to stand behind him because When in actuality, he
0: really just has the 1%, and I don't mean the 1% scumbags, I mean the other 1% that are actually like...
1: Yeah, this is wrong, and they see what's right and wrong. It's easy to see what's right and wrong when you really just take everything away, all the bullshit.
0: Well, and you know what? Also, I'm really glad that you said that, because I think for a lot of people, it's easy to see right and wrong, but it's very hard to stand up for the right if if it's going against the grain, and it's you know it goes back to the herd mentality the sheep mentality where it's like well i know i really shouldn't let them bully that person but there's 20 other people standing around doing it and i'm going to maybe they're going to start bullying me too well yeah well fuck let them bully you then like i i, mm, I get very uh whew, i get i get really worked up about that but it's you know a again that's hard to think yeah i mean you know and that's just part of part of it it's part of my personality and part of it's just because i've just I'm just so fed yeah. up with it, honestly. I'm just fed up yeah. with the way and the state of the mentality of the world and yeah. of the American people in general. And it's uh, I would, sad. I would,
1: I understand. I would like to say that I would willingly give my life if it meant that even some people were like, yeah, okay, you know, I see now. But you know, I also got eight other. You know, I got ten people to think about, including yourself. <laughs> More, yeah, not not counting me. More than I, really, but.
0: Well, yeah, extended family and things, of course, but
1: um, within your own
0: household, it's ten, including you, yeah,
1: they are they're perfectly capable of taking care of themselves if it came to it, I'm sure, but that's not it's neither here nor there. If it comes to that, it comes to that, but I would willingly, just like aaron Watta says, you know that I would be able to look my children in the eyes and and tell them like, you no, know, I pushed out, man.
0: Well, and that's, a, that's the thing that I think about, you know, like I don't have kids, but I have one grown nephew, one nephew that's in high school and a nephew and niece that are um, 10 and 11 uh, respectively. And, you know, I think about that a lot where I come in a situation that they will never, ever, ever know about. They'll never know about a confrontation I had or about conversation i've had that there's literally no way they'll ever know but sometimes that creeps in and i'm like you know what would i be proud of myself with how i handled that if i had to explain that to one of my nieces and nephews what went down or would i be like damn i should have set a better example and sometimes stuff down do what
1: i write stuff down like that
0: yeah i mean and sometimes it's hard like i get it like i'm not knocking people necessarily because they can't do it every time like it's difficult to stand up against and go against the grain, but at the end of the day, that's absolutely what has to happen if we want to change and become... You can't,
1: you can't live with yourself after not doing anything anyway. Well, a lot, of pe- a lot s- of
0: people can, but yeah.
1: Not really. They live in shame.
0: Yeah, they drown it out and they reason it out and they make excuses and then they, yeah. you know, they they're able to live with it in that sense, but... Anyways, I don't yeah. know how we got to this
1: point. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. No, but seriously, I think it was a it was good to talk about what he did and what he's been doing and No well, Aaron sounds great. Did, people are still probably protesting. the war's still going on. Of course people are still protesting this thing. I'm sure yeah, that if we would longest into a running program, war, so yeah, and we're so many wars, you know. P- people need to think that this this is just to stop. This is just crazy. At this well, point, why are we? Even yeah, why now? are we
0: doing this? And I would also just like to uh, bring up a point that um, <laughs> my buddy Mark Pasio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have uh, it myself.
0: My buddy Mark Pasio. This is this is something that he had said in one of his previous podcasts, and obviously, I'm very much paraphrasing because it's been a year or two since I've heard this particular episode. But basically, he was like, "What people don't really understand is that the only thing." standing between the general population, and I'm talking about the state specifically, but in all honesty, it probably goes uh, the same all over the world. The military and the police forces are literally the only thing standing between us and the people who run this world. The military and the police force are essentially their bodyguards, and they carry out their orders, and they carry out what the plans are that they have an effect for the way the world is going to run. And if the military and the police put their guns down and and FYI, I'm not anti-gun, by the way. But in this instance, like if metaphorically speaking, if they put their weapons down and they said, no, we're not doing this anymore and we're not defending your bullshit ideals and we're not going to do it anymore, then guess what? We would have direct access to those scumbags and they would not be able to carry out all of their villainous, vile, appalling ass plans that they do with us or that they enact all the time and that they carry out on a regular basis. So I just want that to be a little bit of food for thought for people who had never really thought of it in that aspect. But 100% the military and police are absolutely their bodyguards and the only thing standing between us and a better life.
1: Absolutely, they are. They are, and they're not considered bodyguards by the scumbags. The scumbags call them dogs. We got dogs to protect us. Oh yeah, anyway, absolutely.
0: They're dogs and puppets, according to the scumbags. That is what they're referred to as. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's not me saying that. That's them saying that.
0: Right. Exactly. hundred like percent. They're that's
1: dogs on be. our right. puppets. Anyways, that, I agree with what you said there, and I wanted to just kind of give a little retort about. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's not just the military. And the cops putting down their guns and not fighting because they have other methods. As we're seeing right now, actively live, they have other ways to keep people in line. They don't need to use the military. And now that's how we get the the wars to stop. But as far as for them to lose control over what they have, it's going to be a longer process. Put sure. down their weapons, sure. But they still got all this stupid shit like COVID-19 where they can sick every. They got other dogs. Sure. They don't have, they don't just have the military and police. When it comes to humans, yeah, that's how we stop it. But when it comes to these scumbags and these psychopaths, they have all kinds of things they could do.
0: Yeah, because that's and, what they are. They are psychopaths. I'm glad you said that. They're freaking yeah. psychopaths. I don't disagree with your point at all.
1: But that's just what I wanted to say about that because it's true. Like the stupid virus, keeping everybody inside. Different. So that was good there. I I didn't have more information because it's hard to get it. I couldn't find much.
0: Okay. But no, Aaron, he sounds, uh, he sounds like he might have uh, a very engaging story. So anybody that wants to check him out, we will put, uh, maybe we'll link one or two of his speeches in the description of the podcast there, and you guys can watch those sense. and then research from there and, you know, pull your own conclusions and ideas about how to feel about that. But I'm glad you brought him up. That's great.
1: Cool. I'm glad you liked him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I like that spelling of his first name. And I really hope we haven't been butchering it the whole time. And I really hope yeah. <laughs> I really hope yeah, it is pronounced Aaron. <laughs> All right. Cool. So is there anything else that you want to mention before we sign off?
1: No, I just want to clarify again that... I uh, hope everybody's staying calm and enjoying their time together right now in this uh, pandemic, this fabricated re- reality shift pandemic. And uh, wish everybody luck and uh, take this time to to learn more about yourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like take to time to learn you, more about yourselves. What you that.
1: would do if you were in Aaron Montano's shoes?
0: Mm, in... Nice question what? to pose. Well, before we completely sign off, then I guess I should tell them where they can reach us. You guys know the drill. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating if you can. Uh, Leave us a review. Shoot us some cool info if you want. We have social media and, of course, email. We would love to hear from you guys, whether it be suggestions on topics for shows or guests for shows, or maybe you want to actually be a guest, which is Pretty cool. We could totally incorporate you in. You can find us at all of those places. First place is Facebook at Reality Shift Frequency. You can find us at Instagram at Reality Shift Frequency. You can find us at Twitter at Reality Shift Pod, P-O-D. Or you can shoot us an email on our confidential and encrypted email at Reality Shift Frequency at ProtonMail.com. That's Reality Shift Frequency at P-R-O-T-O-N Mail.com. And aside from that, I just want to sign off by saying my ending catchphrase that I'm going to say at the end of every show because I love it. And that is, authority must not be truth, but yet truth must be authority. And that's all I have.
1: I won't add anything to that. Everybody have a good night.
0: Yeah, and thank you guys. And talk to you later, Jay. Have a great night. You too, Kelly. Bye. Bye.